welcome to Dad Teaches Me About Wine, the podcast that teaches you as much as you pretend to know about wine. I am Madeline Quigley. And I'm Matt Quigley. And welcome back uh, to a very, very special, and I think I say that every time and my dad rolls his eyes, but this time he probably agrees with me. This is an extra special episode. This time we really mean it. This time we genuinely mean it's a very special episode of Dad Teaches Me About Wine. Um, For the first time, we don't have any wine in front of us while we're recording this. I, as usual when I'm at my parents' house, have a nice can of LaCroix. My dad has a beer. Um... And why are we doing it that way? Well, we are drinking some extra special wines tonight, and we're actually going to be recording our reactions, I guess, or commentary on them. Commentary. Commentary to the wines, which will be very funny with you. So we actually are going to have our first guest on the episode. A special guest tonight. He is really special. His name is Joe, and he has been a longtime family friend, fit friend of my parents since before I was born and he is uh at least was equally into wine as my dad Joe is a fellow wine traveler we have been to uh Santa Barbara Napa uh, Oregon and Washington State together through all the different wine countries and uh, for many many evenings got together and drank and discussed wine so He's a uh, fellow aficionado yeah. of wine. You guys even were part of like a wine club together and stuff. Oh, yeah. For over a decade, we would meet once a month and uh, various members would uh, uh, buy wines and we would share them and talk about them. So um, Joe and I go way back. Go way back, especially even your wine discussions go way back. Like, Absolutely. You know you can chit-chat with him about Probably wine. longer than the... How old most of the people are listening to yeah, this podcast. Yeah, literally, you guys have been talking about wine. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, so basically, Joe um, reached out to my family and was like, I have this bottle of 82 Bordeaux that needs to be drank. It's the holiday. Consumed, we'll say. It needs to be you know, consumed and appreciated. Right. Uh, we haven't seen Joe in a little while and... Uh, the uh, the reason that we're getting together tonight is that he apparently came across this bottle in his cellar and didn't realize he had it and wanted to share it with us because he knew what uh, what uh, wine uh, fanatics we were. Well, you, I mean me. So basically, we tonight. So then my dad was like. I'm well, dub- if we're going to yeah, do my that, dad was like, "I'm going to double down on this. You're bringing an expensive bottle of wine. Well, let's not make it a par- why not make it a party? So, in addition to, and he doesn't know this, correct? In addition to this 82 Bordeaux, which was the wine that he found, he yeah, literally I, didn't know he had this wine. I guess not. Joe was a big Bordeaux collector for a long time, so. I can understand how it may have been in the back of the cellar someplace, and he didn't. He's moved he like twice it. in the past year, like. Well, but um, this isn't just any eighty-two Bordeaux. This is a um, Mouton Rothschild, which is a first-growth wine uh, from Poyac, which is uh, what we call left bank wine. So, so 
Bordeaux is in France. I feel like let's just yeah. start so with that. So we'll start with the basics. One of the big French. And actually, we were laughing before we started recording because my mom's big into Barefoot Contessa. And whenever she starts an episode, she always leads. So, you know, she makes this fabulous meal. But for the first 10 minutes, she's like, you know, Jeffrey's colleagues are coming over tonight. And this is what we will be serving. And who wouldn't want that? And that's exactly what Dad and I are doing. We're prefacing it. And then after we're done talking, we're going to add in the clips of everyone drinking the wine at the table. We wanted to give you the background on it because it's very important because these are not uh, trivial everyday wines. These are once in a lifetime wines. Yeah, I have no clue why I'm being invited to join it. They should have just like been it's like, a, we're busy tonight, Madeline. <laughs> Madeline, we don't need you to come over. There's yeah. something going on. <laughs> so uh, the the main headline is the 82 uh, Mouton Rothschild, which as I said is a is a first growth. So in the 1855 classification, there were five first growths proclaimed in Bordeaux. The, in Bordeaux. And that was the first classification of wine in France. And Mouton Rothschild was one of the five oh, first growths. So like five OG wines out of Bordeaux. In the... OMG? <laughs> no. It's a little different, <laughs> but you were close. Um, in the 19th century, mid-19th century, they made this first wine designation in Bordeaux. And one of the first ever wines be- de- designated. designated in uh, Bordeaux, Bordeaux was this wine that were the, same the, house. The house, Mouton Rothschild. And Rothschild obviously is the international banking company that goes back to the 14th You know, I went to college century. with a kid, last name Rothschild. Do you think there's a connect? Could be. Sure. He was very well-to-do. Well, he was... All right. Well, we don't need to get into that. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so, Mouton Rothschild. So, I uh, need to understand a little bit about Bordeaux. So Bordeaux is on the western seaboard of France. Literally on the ocean? Yes. Okay. So anyway, the Gironde runs at about a 45 degree angle from northwest to southeast. And it divides Bordeaux into two different areas. That's a river? Yes. I'm sorry. It's a river. And it divides Bordeaux into two different areas, which the uh, knowledgeable people call the left bank and the right bank. It's a river coming in. Wouldn't it be the north bank and the south bank? No, it comes in at an angle. So it's oh, east and west. Oh, okay. So it's left bank, right bank. Okay. So the left bank wines, as a rule, are cab-dominated wines. And the right bank wines tend to be Merlot-dominated wines. Is this a all-cold weather? Um, no, these are warm weather. This is warm weather wine. Sorry, I'm going to edit that all out. So this is like a warm weather grape area. It's warm weather grape because the the predominant grape is Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, uh, and a couple of other different blending uh, wines. And so a Bordeaux has a very specific recipe of what it needs to be in there for them to be able to throw Bordeaux on that label. Mm, No. Geographically, it has to be with Swing and a miss. All right. Geographically, it's in that area, but they can use any of like six different blending grapes hmm. and still be considered Bordeaux. Do certain houses do So on the things? left side of the oh, river, now I'm it's it. primarily Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc with a little Merlot. On the right side is predominantly Merlot with a little bit of Cab Franc. And Cabernet Sauvignon. So we're on the left side tonight, you said. Tonight we are big time left side. So Cabernet Sauv. 
Cabernet, yep. Franc, mm-hmm. and, Mer- and a little and, bit and of Merlot. a little bit of Merlot. Un petit Merlot. Un pe- yeah, exactly. Un peu Merlot. Un peu, because it's probably 90% Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay, and that is, and they made this literally, the grapes were grown in 1982. Correct. This is as good as it's going to get, because any older, and it's going to start falling apart. Oh, really? 35 years is about... Is it. Yeah, and so he knew that when he found it. He was like, go time. We got to drink we this. Gotta, we got to... You don't put this back down. <laughs> you don't forget about it again for another decade. Mm-hmm. So this is a 35... Have you ever had like a 35-year-old Bordeaux? Bordeaux. I'm getting real Pittsburgh today. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe so. I don't think I've ever had a Bordeaux this old. Do wines from Bordeaux typically last longer than other wines? Yes. Like 35 years is a good chunk of time for... Right. Most wines wouldn't last that long. Correct. Most wines would be dead in 35 years. And unfortunately, there's a small chance that That we're going to drink this... And it's going to be a disappointment. Is it a really steep slope on the went wrong? Or is no. it like a year? It's, it's a slow slope. It's not no, like no, no, you no, miss no. it by a small it's margin. It's many years. It's okay. five to ten years. Oh, so. It's not like yesterday it, it was good and today it's it's bad. Okay, so yeah. if you miss the mark, then we really miss the mark. Yes, then we're about ten years off. So for a compare and contrast, I... Uh, selected from my cellar a 2010 Opus 1. Yeah, Dad decided to just ball out. He was like, well, we're doing it. We're going to do it. Yes. So this is a real <laughs> this is a real big-time wine holiday uh, meal. So You'd think I'd be wearing something other than leggings and a Star Wars shirt for this occasion. Well, that's because we don't have video. <laughs> so the uh, one of the wines, uh, additional wines I selected is a 2010 Opus 1 um, Cabernet um, from Oakville, Napa Valley, California. The significance of Opus One is that Opus One was actually established. It's a vineyard. Yes, established in the United States by the Rothschild family, the same Mouton Rothschild family. Do you think they used their clippings? Yes, they did. Oh my gosh! So this is like these vines. Yes, are. are from, from originally the same. from France. And this is a 2010? This is a 2010, so a lot younger, but for a California cab, should be hitting stride. So that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, um, and then I forgot because right. we're not as organized as other podcasts. You, he gave you the wine yesterday because it needed to be prepped and decanted ahead of time. Um, well, he gave me the wine yesterday, correct, but it didn't need to be prepped beforehand. The reality is that with very old wines, more than 20 years, you actually don't need to decant them for long periods of time. The reason you decant wine for a long period of time is to break down the tannins, is to oxidize the tannins. If you have a wine that's going to be a bit harsh and chewy because it's young, mm. you can you can ameliorate that by decanting it and letting it sit for a couple of hours and oxidize. But this wine does not This need wine that. does not need any oxidation. As a matter of fact, it needs resuscitation most likely. The thing is, it doesn't stop there. You have a third wine that you're throwing into the mix tonight. And why is that? And what is it? Well, every meal has different movements. So my sense is that I'd like to have a, a more feminine wine 
when we've got these two big masculine wines knocking, you know, knocking heads. So we're going to have the Bordeaux. No offense to gender roles. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to have the Bordeaux. Cover our tracks. We're going to have the Bordeaux and the Opus One knocking it out They're like together. these big, heavy. Comparing one to the other. But then I want some other different contrast. So um, since mom is serving lamb tonight, my absolute top favorite food wine pairing is lamb with burgundy or with Pinot Noir. So I'm serving a, uh, a burgundy, uh, but it's not just any burgundy. It's a 1990 Von Romanet Les Souchets Premier Cru Burgundy. So that's a lot to digest in what yeah, I just said. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a totally different experience. And this uh, 1990 was the Honest uh, uh, Mirabla, the miracle year virtually throughout the globe. Virtually everywhere in the world. What else you got in your cellar, bro? You're like pulling these out, and oh, I have you're a like, ni- I've been sitting on them. I have a 1990 them. Barolo also oh, that really? I haven't opened, but maybe we'll do that for Christmas. But oh, geez, that's coming up though. Yeah, Quite 1990 a um, was a just a marvelous year throughout the world. If you didn't know anything about wine, you could always buy a 90, and it would be good. So basically, it's going to be a big night. Are we? All right. Well, I can't wait. I know you can't wait. And luckily, our listeners don't have to wait. <laughs> okay. Hello. Back. And through the magical powers of editing, yes, we have waited a lot of hours. And you guys have transported immediately to the fun part, which is the drinking of the wine. And like we promised before, we have a special guest with us. Do you want to introduce yourself briefly? Joe Gavazzi. I'm from the Fox Chapel area. Joined with Matt in the middle 90s. Formed the Fox Chapel Wine Club, and it's all been history ever since. Awesome. And you so generously reached out to my family earlier this month because you found a wine. Right. Just happened to find it. I was out um, in the yard. I stumbled. (laughs) No. Seriously. This is a wine that I had had for quite a number of years, uh, probably since the late 80s. I purchased the wine in our local state store. And really had it in my cellar for a number of years, kind of just discovered it here in the last six months and thought, what a great treat to share it with my good friends. Isn't that everyone's dream to find a 82 Bordeaux just in their so wine cellar? Finding $20 in your, in your pocket. Oh, pretty much. Um, and I'm thinking it was probably like a $30 wine. Speaking of which, I don't think it was much more than the $30 to $40 bottle when I purchased it at the time. And but I haven't checked. I don't know what it would be. I right think now. someone at this table checked. Do you want to know? Oh, well, yeah. I think everybody would like to know. <laughs> yeah. So the retail on this is about $1,000. $1,000 for this bottle. Oh, my gosh. We yes. are... <laughs> he just looked down. He's like, I could have gone on eBay. Yeah, why did I do this? Why did I offer? <laughs> We're very excited yeah. to drink this tonight. <laughs> He's so like, let me talk a little bit about the preparation, though, because um, well, when you have wine, kind of boring, but I want to hear it. Okay, well, <laughs> you can always we'll speed it out. through it. Well, I know I do. Okay, yeah. Um, so we're, we have a the eighty two, we have a nineteen ninety, and a rather young uh, twenty ten uh, Napa cab, which is going to be pretty tannic. 
So about four hours ago, I decanted the Napa cab in order to allow it to open up to kind of smooth the tannins out. And then uh, probably about a half an hour before the meal, I decanted both the um, 82 as well as the 1990 Burgundy. Most Burgundies do not need to be decanted, but when you have a 27-year-old Burgundy, uh, it actually does eventually throw sediment. So there was a fair amount of sediment in the bottle. Yeah. And of course, the 82 had a lot of sediment to it. And because it's such an old one, you don't want to decant it too long before the meal. Well, you also had a little bit of trouble getting the cork out. Yes, I did. It was an older cork, and uh, it was about a 10-minute you're human. Wrestle. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I so, was actually shocked to hear when I got here and Matt said that he was not going to decant the wine until shortly before the meal because I figured the wine being cooped up in that bottle for 37 years would certainly need a little more time to breathe. But uh, we have opened the wine, we've poured it, and uh, I can say that the nose on all three wines are incredible. Okay. So shall we start left to right? Yeah, well, with, are we starting with... Burgundy, so we're saving the big one for last. Okay, so you go lesser to bigger, and I get to go first because yep. I'm why because I will copy your answers because I don't know anything, oh. so I have to give a novice impression. I've got it. So I am going right to left, left to right. Oh, okay. I really would have confused you guys with my if I had had the wrong line. Okay. But, Big glass to smaller glass. Is that going to help? That me? actually helps a lot. Thank you. You get it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm swirling. So we're starting with the 90 Burgundy. 90 Burgundy. This is a Von Romanet, uh, Le Souchot, which is a vineyard right next to the DRC properties. DRC is, stands for Domini Romani, Domain Romani Conti, which Domini is... Domini Romani. Yeah, Domain Romani Conti, which is the presti most prestigious... I can't think when you talk. I'll stop. No, you can finish up. Taste taste and talk so we can go on to the next one. Exactly. Wow. I wish I was here for every one of these. <laughs> um, smells like light. And I've offended already. Okay. No, you can't. You can't be wrong. When it comes to your taste, you can't be wrong. Hmm. Maybe it's not very acidic. Um... I don't think it's very fruity either. I taste a little tannic, maybe? It's not very fruit-forward, surprisingly. Um, that's about... And I'm even proud of that, so I'm not going to keep yeah. going. Who's ready to share their thoughts? Actually, for me, this has a little more fruit than I expected it would. The, because uh, of the age. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I had expected something a little more strict... But I am pleasantly pleased by the balance that I find in this wine. Yeah, it's a it's a nicely balanced wine. I, I I wouldn't have guessed that it's that old, but it's nicely balanced. Okay. It's a solid wine. Next up. Next up is the California. And this is a good prelude a, to the final the, one because yeah. it's same grape, different same grape, area, same family. Same family. Exactly. Probably same snippings. Yep. Or clippings. Joey G hasn't seen me know this much about wine in <laughs> yeah. ever. He's shocked that I even used totally the word shocked. clippings. She got clippings. Okay, this. Whoa. A 
bit more acidic and kind of ashy. What is that smell that I smell? I don't know, but I had expected more leather. <laughs> what are you? It's it's still tannic. It's still big. I was gonna this could use another five I years. Think right, right. right. This yeah. is still young. Uh-oh. Put it's it back bad. in the bottle? And... Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Just enjoy it. It's a good thing I left this in the decanter for three hours. Because otherwise you'd be like smacking your lips. <laughs> now someone had, had mentioned that it might be the same vines. Well, this was actually a, um, a two-family deal here. Right. The Mandavis and the Rothschilds combined to make a Napa Valley right. bottling. Right. Oh, really? Right. It was a... Yeah. So, okay. Well, I just can't believe... All right. Well, you never know. Do you have another one of these? Of the ones you just poured? Of course. So you're going to wait five more years on that? Yes. Do you put like a post-it note on it where you're like... No, I, I just, just remembered. <laughs> I would need a one. That was good, though. I don't know. All right. So the last one... The, the star. big guy, the star the of the guy, show, the, the reason the we're show. all here. Big swirl. Mmm, I like the smell. So describe it. Acidic? Fruity? You like to use that word. It's like one of the only words I know. I think the first thing you want to think about when you taste a wine is, is it in balance? Wine, no. is, a, wine is a balance yes. between the fruit. It's the first thing to think about. Oh, is it balanced? The, it, the wine is a balance between the fruit side and the structure side. And the structure side is the, is the, you know, tart acid part. And obviously the fruit side is, you know, speaks for itself. So which do you think dominates here? The acid side? Yeah, fruit, I would agree. The fruit, it kind of overwhelmed my whole mouth when I drank it. Yeah. So I don't know if I drank what, it strangely. What you're tasting is the very characteristic, what are called brown tannins. So these are, these are tannins which have been sitting in the bottle for so long that they've been sort of smoothed out. So they're not harsh, but you you taste them. They're there. What do you think, Joey? What I'm very interested to see is because this wine is 37 years old, and because it has been only out of the bottle for an hour or two. If the fruit explodes in the next hour or so, mm. if it opens up, as as we say, because I would say right now, for it. I'm I'm afraid this may be over the right over, over the, the hill. hill. Right. right. This is this is kind of typical of something that's over the hill. How and, badly over and, the hill? Uh, a little bit. Not bad. Not would, terrible. But I would wait for another hour or so before yeah. you actually see it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll so see chill the... on that one. We got other wine here. Right. I would say. And yeah. which one would you start drinking first, far left? Yeah. With the other two, in chill? The order. Yes. You probably want to break this down, but then maybe at the end of the meal we can come back and Oh, we can talk, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good idea. Okay, cool. Well, any uh, last? All right. Well, let's eat. You're on... Wine Radio. American, yeah, American Wine Network. Yeah. You're now tuning in to the sweet sound of Wine Radio. Welcome. So, if you can't already tell, we've all had about three glasses of wine uh, since we last spoke. Uh, I still have a, a fair amount in my glasses, but these guys are down to the 
last little bitter nibs. The bitter nibs, if that's what you want to call or it. Or drops. Just the end of the glass. Let's just go with that. Um, and oh, I thought thought we were gonna give our just final impressions on the wines, final notes. Um, and Dad said I should start with my favorite, and I think my favorite was the um, the big guy, the eighty two. Oh wait, no, actually, you know what? It was the Burgundy. I changed my mind. Changed my mind. That's a long way away. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> well, I just, in that moment, I changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> Happens a lot. So typical. <laughs> um, I changed my mind. I actually like the uh, 1990 Burgundy. because. Why did you like it? Um, was it a little sweet? No. Very few wines are a little sweet. Was it? Maybe it was fruit forward. It was fruit forward. It just um, felt nice in my mouth. Oh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, it just uh, was smooth. It wasn't. This one was very tannic. You're pointing to the 2010. To the 20. The 2010 was very tannic, and the um, the 82. 82 was very dirt. Sorry, earthy. <laughs> Ooh. I meant earthy. I didn't mean dirt. That sounded very bad. I meant earthy. Did I offend you? A little bit. Oh, man. I didn't mean to. It's okay. It takes a while to develop. I meant the thought earthy, but the word dirt came out. because I was. It, it Let's takes, stay with earthy. It takes a while to develop a wine vocabulary. Thank you, Dad. As far as reacting... To a, to a glass of wine. Okay. <clears throat> Let me have a sniff and a sip of the it's... one I called the mean word. I think actually what I said beginning was ashy. And I kind of meant that in a sort of like volcanic way. It tasted a bit more like volcanic. Does that make sense? Ashy and smoky maybe? Dad's like, you can't say anything wrong. I it did. Just it just makes dirt. sense to you. That's what's important. Okay, so yes, I like the. I thought the the Burgundy was the most balanced. Uh, cab from Napa was very acidic and tannic, very very strong flavor there. And then I thought the um, the Bordeaux, which was almost my favorite there for a second. Just a second. Just a second there. It was my favorite. <laughs> Oh, uh, was a bit Fleeting. more like volcanic and um, earthy. I'm getting, I wish you guys could see the blank looks that I am getting right now. Well, I'd like to hop in here and say that in the, in the interim, we had a very wonderful veal shank. And the lamb. veal shank, lamb. L- sorry, lamb shank. And the, um, see, if you hadn't brought that up, the people wouldn't have known whether it was veal or lamb. I think we mentioned earlier that we were oh, having okay. lamb. Well, and everybody's clear on that. Hey, you corrected me on the dirt, so... And the, and the 90 Burgundy was spectacular with the meat, whether it was either lamb or veal. So mm-hmm. I would say that the combination of the 90 Burgundy and the meat was my favorite combination of the evening. Mm-hmm. I also like the 90 now probably the most because as Madeline pointed out I felt it was the most balanced of the evening and I thought it was a wonderful expression of the Burgundy region. Nice. How about you Matt? 
Well, unfortunately, I thought it was a tale of either too old or too young. I I felt that both the 90 and the 82 were probably a little bit past prime. The uh, 90 you thought was past prime? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it was somewhat imbalanced, but I know this wine, and when it's younger, it has a whole lot more fruit, and it's it's a more enjoyable uh, wine. And the the, um, the interesting thing to me is the 2010 um, Opus, which is still in its infant, infantile stage. It is very young, easily go another five or ten what years. What about it makes it seem so young? Like for uh, me, it kind of tastes like the stuff too, I drink. Because it's tannic. It is very tannic and it, it hasn't opened up yet. You, you don't get... If you could combine... Let's say uh, uh, you know half and half, the 2010 with the 82, you'd probably get a nice balance because you would get the soft tannins from the 82 with the fruit from the the 2010, mm-hmm. um, because that's what it's all about. You, you you're waiting for the tannins to soften out, but at the same time, you, you want to retain enough of the fruit to maintain a balance. And the 82, the, the tannins are beautiful, but the fruit has kind of fallen out. Uh, and the 2010 has fruit, but the tannins are still way too tight and they're, uh, they're not accessible. And the 90 Burgundy is simply just old. Um, it's not bad, it's a beautiful wine. I believe the thing that we're saying here is that one of the hardest parts about tasting wine and finding wine that you love is being able to drink the wine at its proper age. Mm-hmm. And that is something that only comes from great experience. Mm-hmm. What we've experienced here has been both positive and negative. But there's no doubt that you have to drink a lot of wine before you can tell what wine you like at what age. And actually, one of the best ways to do that is to buy numerous bottles of wine from the same vintage and taste them over the course of time. Yep. Now, you may be tasting one bottle that's a little too young. You may taste the same bottle in another two years and say, oh, this is getting better. I like this more. And by the time you drink that third bottle, maybe five years down the road, you say, wow, this is great. Quick. I, I love it just <laughs> like it is. And I want to drink the other four bottles right now. That's good. That's really good advice. It, it really is the only way to do it. Because no matter what Parker says or any other expert, no one can judge when a wine is going to hit its peak and going to fall off. No one, no one in 1992, when, when this Burgundy... 82. 92, Burgundy. when this Burgundy came out, two years after its 90 vintage... Uh would be able to tell you, well, don't wait till 2017 because it'll be beyond its peak. No one could say that. And, and the fact is that all the ranges that people throw out are totally guesswork. And the reality is that for a great wine, you're usually reasonably safe at 10 years and at 20 years you're pushing it. Can I just ask, the words that I used to describe the 82 were like ashy and earthy, and then maybe another word, but we don't need to say it again. What words would you use to describe it? 
as someone with as pe- as folks with a bit more of a wine vocab. Well, I'm always looking for balance first in the wine, and this, unfortunately, as we've pointed out, was a term that we really haven't used yet. Over the hill, we have have a wine that whose tannins were still there, but was fruit had begun to fade. Mm-hmm. So. As I'm sure I've been pointed out numerous times in these podcasts, balance is the key to interpreting what you believe is a good wine. And once you're able to determine what you feel the balance is in a wine, then you know that you have a wine that best suits your taste as in of the highest quality for you. And this actually surprised me because when we first opened this wine, decanted this wine, poured it in the glass, from the nose of the glass, it actually seemed as if it might be beautiful fruit and it might be well-balanced. And usually the nose of the fruit is uh, a good indication of what it was. In this case, unfortunately, it was not. Hmm. True. Could you smell on the 2010 that it was too... uh, That it was tannic? That it was tannic, yeah. Yeah, I think I even said before we tasted it that this is... This is still very closed. Okay, and then um, the bird. Okay, all right. Well, definitely a really good educational experience because this is kind of what Dad and I do each week, but I don't think we break down the flavors as much as we did. And and it's good to have ones to compare. And um, even well, also similar to be able to taste, also be able to taste wines at their extreme. Most people never hold a wine long enough to get to its extreme age. Yeah, so we really have, this is the same grape, Cab. Yes. But really tannic and young. Young and ferocious, old and spent. Oh, the people who review 82 Bordeaux may not agree with that completely, but that may be only because they haven't tasted the wine recently. They haven't tasted it recently, exactly. Yep. Yeah, open a bottle. So you're yeah. saying that if anyone has an 82 Bordeaux, run, don't walk to yes. uh, pop it open. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, both of you are like, yeah. <laughs> Dad, you got an 82 yeah, 30, Bordeaux downstairs? No, I do not. But yeah, 35-year-old wine, no matter what it is, unless it's, it's like a port, port, I knew you're, he was going to say that. You're pushing it. Well, guys, this was excellent. Yeah, it was. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, you for having me along. Of course. Maybe um, another time we'll bring you back on if you're interested. I look we do forward this, to it. We do this every week. so uh, That's very exciting for you guys. Yeah, it's I, fun. I, I, I definitely envy you. Well, can you just say that you've known me as long as I've been alive? Yes. <laughs> or, or longer. Like longer than yes. I've been. Yeah. And uh, have you ever seen me know, even though I have not displayed it very well on this podcast, know this much about wine? Your wine knowledge has um, incrementally advanced. Thank you. Thank you. I will take that. It's lovely to see you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thanks so much. Good night. Yeah, we got to do a cheers to that. Toast to that. Thank you so much for having me along, guys. Of course. Well, thank you so much for listening to another... Nope. Dad has a comment. Oh, well. Um, well, thank you so much for listening to another wonderful 
extra special episode of Dad Teaches Me About Wine. Uh, please do consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on iTunes. It would help us so much spread the word about this podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can send us a direct message on Instagram uh, at Dad Teaches Me About Wine. You're going to want to follow that anyways because we always post quite hilarious photos, if I do say so myself, about the behind the scenes that Dad teaches me about wine. Uh, you can send us a message on there, or you can always email us, dadteachesmeaboutwine at gmail.com. Uh, and if you leave us a review on iTunes, we will give you a shout out on the podcast. So um, thank you so much, and cheers to that. Au revoir. <laughs>